Hi, and welcome to NANCAST. I'm Jill, your host. Research drives the practice of nursing and is vital for propelling neonatal nursing into the future. Often thought of as the studies and experiments done only by professionals with white lab coats and PhDs, bedside nurses may forget that they are just as capable of leading research that can dictate the future practice of nursing. NAN strives to provide avenues for members to become more active in accessing, understanding, conducting, and practicing research and evidence-based neonatal care. Examples of this includes NAN's Research Summit, which allows nurses to present their research to peers, and NAN's Small Grants Program, which provides grants to nurses interested in initiating their own research. While NAN offers opportunities for nurses to get more involved in research, there is still a level of apprehension that many nurses may feel when thinking about conducting their own research or evidence-based practice project. How can we encourage and support nurses at the bedside to be more involved and confident in research? Two NAN members are on the mission to make research more accessible to fellow neonatal nurses. Leading the initiative of growing NAN's pillar of research and our guests for today's episode are Medea Esser and Tiffany Moore. Medea is currently serving on NAN's Board of Directors and is a board liaison to NAN's Research Institute Steering Council, Research Committee, and Small Grants Committee. Medea is a passionate nurse scientist and received her Ph.D. in nursing from University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee in 2019. Joining Medea and returning to NANCAST is Tiffany Moore. Tiffany is a nurse scientist and associate professor of the University of Nebraska Medical Center in Omaha, Nebraska. Prior to receiving her PhD, Tiffany was a NICU bedside nurse and a neonatal transport nurse for over 10 years. Tiffany is also the current chair of NAN's research committee. With the help of Medea and Tiffany, we will dive into what it means to be a research scientist, the difference between evidence-based practice, QI, and research, and how NAN supports nursing research. Let's get right into it. Thank you, ladies, for joining us today. It seems as a nurse scientist, everybody has a niche or a focus for their research. Um, Tiffany, could you tell us what your research focus is and how you went in to become a nurse scientist? Yeah, so I study the effects of chronic stress on mom and baby. And really, being at the bedside for over 10 years um, really developed those questions of, man, I bet those babies are stressed and, and how can we do better? And so when I first started, I looked at just the baby and, you know, the stress that the baby endures. But then, um, as my research has progressed, I understand that the chronic stress that mom undergoes during pregnancy can also cause physiologic dysregulation in the baby. And so really understanding those relationships and how really we can help mamas. So that's what I focus on. Of course, I look at toxic stress um, in early childhood. I look at uh, racism as part of chronic stress uh, and really uh, pregnancy complications, really anything that has to do with the neonate, right? <laughs> <laughs> Don't we all? Don't we all? <laughs> I think that the most important thing out of that is you said when you were at the bedside, you were questioning all of these things and just to practice with a questioning attitude and be curious. And that really sparks um, awesome research questions and, and to take you forward. So, you know, 
even at the bedside, if you're a bedside nurse, you you know, you're questioning that and there's nothing stopping you from continuing on and, and investigating and see what could we do differently or, or how is what we're doing affecting mm-hmm. the baby? And I try to promote that with all of our nurses at the bedside and that I feel like that helps engage them a little bit more in the work that I want to do in the unit. Um, so so yeah. what's your work? What's your work on like, um, what's your focus? So... I'm the butt queen, a lot of people say. (laughs) For whatever reason, diaper rash, diaper dermatitis has become my niche. Um, So I investigate um, all the facets of diaper rash and skin injury. So I'm a certified wound nurse. Um, I went and got that done while I was in school for my PhD because, you know, I wasn't busy enough. Um, but I also wanted to understand skin from a wound nurse perspective and learned a lot. And I learned a lot that, um, that nurse, that those wound nurses just, they don't get a lot of neonatal skin education. Um, and so that really, really prompted me to dig in deeper and want to ask more questions about what we're doing with the skin and, Um, I had to focus, you know, that's part of the PhD journey is figuring out how to focus your project and your dissertation. And so I had to choose something, um, not everything. And so I chose diaper rash because I had done um, some policy work, like developing policies in the unit. I created um, an algorithm for diaper dermatitis, published that as a case of the month. Um, before I knew any better, didn't know, have anybody help me really with that, um, publication. And then I started, um, really asking a lot more questions. Like you said, um, asking the nurses, you know, like, what is it that's really bothering you about diaper rash? And a lot of those questions actually prompted the creation of the algorithm. Um, so it was, it was just sort of meant to be. And now I get to see lots of baby bottoms in not great ways. And so nobody ever wants to look at my phone or pull up my picture. <laughs> there's all kinds of people sending me pictures, which is fine because I feel like I'm in a good place where I can be helpful. Um, and I, I even get to see, you know, I get to see them at work and um, I help people sort of expand their thinking. I'm like, okay, what have we been doing? What, um, where are you at in the process of this algorithm? Is there any feedback I should have? how could I improve it? And so it's been a really, really great journey um, and has afforded me lots of opportunity. And so within that work, I have been approached by Huggies um, and served on their nursing advisory council um, before I became the director at large for NAN um, and helped um, with a publication on developmental diapering and sort of figuring out how we um define that and how it's not really a concept that many people think about um, because they're doing such routine things at the bedside that, you know, it may not be consciously thought about, but I know a lot of nurses are very conscious about how they're diapering those preemies, um, but to just take it to that next step. Um, and so I've, I've also had the opportunity to work in the Maternal Child Health Leadership Academy through Sigma Theta Tau, which I pro- that is where I really grew this diaper dermatitis um, algorithm and developed a 
way for data to be collected because before you can institute an algorithm or change in practice, you have to collect data. And so this was like early stages of my PhD. I had no idea, didn't know what I was doing. And so that project really was helpful in my development um, to just get things done um, and learn how to slow down and realize who are your stakeholders, what are the things that need to be addressed. And it taught me a lot about how to work collaboratively with um, the great people that I have available in my hospital, um, including the Skin and Wound CNS, um, who has been a major help, our NICU CNSs, who are great at, you know, wordsmithing things where I just want to get to the point. Um, but they're, they're all really, really great resources. And then our skin champions within the unit and, you know, promoting that amongst a lot of the nurses in the NICU that are just as frustrated with skin as, you know, the parents and as I can be sometimes. So it's been really, really fun, honestly, even though it's butts. So. <laughs> butts are always funny, right? You can always have a joke with, okay. with being the butt nurse. <laughs> but it, it's amazing how the research that you did took you into ways of working with huggies and, and making changes uh, on, a, on a way higher level than, you know, just at the bedside or, um, you know, unit based or even hospital wide, if they're, you know, applying this protocol to other units, if there's PICUs and stuff like that, because everybody's suffering with diaper dermatitis. Absolutely. And I've been reached um, by Avivo. Avivo has reached out to me and I love how, um, and this isn't the exact words of how he approached me, but was like, when I Googled diaper, <laughs> diaper dermatitis, you came up and I'm like, well, I don't know if I should be happy or not for that, <laughs> but I was, you know, of course. So, um, I continue to have that relationship with, um, people outside of my network and it's really been kind of cool. And I did co-author a publication with one of their scientists um, and, you know, Neotech, I've worked with them a little bit, um, on some of their product development. It's just, there's so many things out there. You just have no idea until you start doing stuff. And it all starts with one question yes. and, and an idea. Mm -hmm. So I, and I, that's what I want people to realize that, you know, your research can take you in, in so many different directions and, and, ha and have a profound impact on, on so many people, families, nurses, um, other disciplines. Absolutely. And I think you have a good um, pair here, me and Tiffany, um, because I don't know if people realize the differentiation between the two of us. Um, I mean, we're similar in a lot of ways and fondly referred to as Madif. Absolutely love that we can do that. But like, I'm this clinical based nurse scientist trying to wrap my brain around the academia and academic part of it while there's Tiffany who is, you know, more into the. I don't even know how you say it to me. Like, so I do, yeah, translational research. So mm -hmm. uh, I work with bench scientists. Yeah. And, you know, the role of the nurse at the bedside is to really uh, coordinate care and collaborate with multiple disciplines. And that's really what nursing does in, in, nurse, in nursing science. Uh, so I collaborate with psychologists. I collaborate with uh, physicians. And I uh, collaborate with bench scientists who who are experts in, like, for example, oxidative stress. 
that is something that I, I study. Now, I am not an expert by any means, but I am trained underneath them and I, I have learned a lot. But when it comes to designing the study, interpreting the results, they're on my team. And so I don't have to know everything and that's okay. Uh, but what nurses are great at is really you know, bringing an awesome team together and then coordinating, collaborating, and really just, uh, you know, doing what's best for the patient. And so that's a lot of my research is the translational bench science. Um, you know, I do look at clinical aspects. I, I don't have uh, intervention studies yet because I'm still at the conceptual level um, uh, theory and really just understanding this problem before we can intervene and improve the problem. So we're at two different stages, but I, I, I love what I do and I love the people that I get to work with. Um, just like, you know, Medea was talking about the different opportunities she had. So, you know, again, you don't have to be an expert in everything. And I think that's something that, you know, as nurses, and I think especially as NICU nurses, we are perfectionists. <laughs> I think a lot of us are perfectionists. <laughs> and you feel like you have to know everything or or you're or you don't know anything. And that's not really that's not science. It's it's they're really moving towards team science and knowing that it takes a group of people and all their smart brains to really benefit the patient. So and it all starts with that one idea. Yeah. One idea. So Tiffany, you should explain like what that difference, meaning like academic versus clinical and how that K award and like funding and things like that. So I received a NIH training grant um, in after I graduated with my PhD. And so in the academia world, um, you do a lot more of uh, finding grants for funding and especially NIH grants. Um, the National Institutes of Health. And so the training that I received was, again, I trained under a bench scientist and, and I actually did my own lab work on my specimens and really did, you know, it was on human specimens, but I used clinical uh, bench practices or excuse me, bench practices, not clinical, and brought into the clinical side. And I feel like Medea don't you more take um, and actually apply than that clinical um, research and you're able to really apply it and, and more at a systemic level? Yeah. So we use the stuff that you're doing to develop more things, basically. Right. Um, like I refer to Dr. Vischer, who's a bench scientist like Tiffany, who has done a lot of work with like the ins and outs of neonatal skin. And so I need to understand those things to be able to change the way we practice. So yeah, it's, it's an interesting and yet complex relationship that we all sort of just yeah. come together in. We all look different. Mm-hmm. Tiffany, you mentioned how everybody looks different. And there's a lot of talk about different kinds of research. So we hear um, evidence-based projects practice projects, we hear quality improvement projects, and then just the research that you guys have been discussing, you know, benchmark, clinical research. Can you kind of tell us what the difference is between all of those types of research? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that it's a common, like ev everyone has 
has this issue because a lot of projects are blurred. And so they compose a lot. But really, when you think about research, you think about new science, so something brand new, and it's theoretical based. So there's a theory behind it, and you're really studying a concept, you're really uh, looking and, and adding new science. When you get to evidence-based practice, you take that new science and you apply it into practice. So you look and see, you know, after there's been multiple studies, then you grade the evidence and the quality and you make a plan to implement that into practice. And so that's actually called translational science. Mm-hmm. It's just, it again, it just looks different. And then when you get to QI, quality improvement studies, those are what you're going to see. They're, they're just as important. Um, but a lot of times it's you're just making a change in your unit. Um, and it's, it's a quality change that everyone is doing. It may or may not be based on literature. A lot of times there's maybe only a couple articles out there. But you're trying to make a change in your unit. And then you have such success that you share that, you disseminate that um, at a conference or something. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times, if you could also think of it as an IRB also, the internal review board. Um, when you need a consent, that's usually going to be a research project or even an evidence-based project, um, evidence-based practice project. With QI, since everybody is making the change, that's not really, you don't need consent from the parents because it's a it's a change in practice that everyone is making. So, um, but again, like I always check with my IRB to see if I need a consent or not, regardless of I think it's a QI, an EVP, or a research project. So really, I think the great umbrella term is scholarship because it's all scholarship. Or clinical inquiry is the words I like to use. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> clinical inquiry. Yes. And as you said, the blurring, I have had many occasions in my work, for sure, where it gets a little bit blurred. And um, my my dissertation chair has had to help me multiple times get to focus out of the QI because I'm so clinical based in my thinking that I want to change things. I want to change the practice. But having that translate into research and thinking about it from the basis for why we want to change that practice um, is how I had to sort of wrap my brain around that differentiation. So there's multiple uh, forms of research that a bedside nurse can get involved in. What ways can NAN support these nurses in their scholarship and further their research knowledge? So um, just to speak about what I'm involved in as the um, sort of overseer of the research pillar for NAN in my director at large um, position, um, it's afforded me the opportunity to see um, how the research committee, which Tiffany chairs, and the small grants committee, um, and the risk, which is the research in. Institute Steering Committee, um, where we have very um, interdisciplinary talk and we meet with all of um, the players for education and research and we're developing what that looks like. And um, so those are some of the portals. 
for um, nurses to go to with um, interest in research. And there's also an e-mentoring site which Nan has developed where you could also go in there and search out for some mentors. Now, that being said, during the time that I've been um, this director at large, I have sort of blown up all the things. And so with Tiffany's help, and so that's where Medif grew as well. So um, we have the research summit, which is also connected to the research committee. Um, and the research chair is the main facilitator. Um, and I sort of squirmed my way in there to be the co-facilitator. And we both blew that up in many good ways. And we'll talk about that in a bit. Um, but we have research committee that reviews surveys. And so hopefully everyone that's listening to this has participated in some of those surveys that we have included in our NAN news um, because they're very important um, to neonatal care and elevating the care. We also have the small grants. And so we can help with um, EBP projects, QI projects, research projects. Um, and then we have this um, risk committee, which meets with the conference planning committee, which I think is a key component in that meeting. Um, and we discuss the research agenda for the coming term. And so there's just lots and lots of ways. Um, I feel like nurses can really get in there and really, I'm so happy we're able to do this podcast and sort of broadcast it out there. Um, we can talk more about how that research committee, um, can serve a bigger purpose as well. Yeah. So in, in hearing you talk, I, I think it's important for our listeners to understand that uh, Madif, we really have this uh, vision. And I know that our colleagues um, and staff and, and other um, leadership on NAN agree, we really want to expand the research for NAN and really, um, you know, just increase the, the, the level of understanding that uh, some of our nurse scientists in neonatal nursing are doing. There's some amazing neonatal nurse scientists out there. And, but the other thing that is a really huge passion is to empower that bedside nurse or to empower that, that nurse practitioner who, you know, aren't affiliated with an academic medical center, who don't have a lot of resources and have that great idea, but have no idea where to go from there. Right. Or the educators or the CNSs that are like doing these constant like QI things and maybe don't even realize they're doing it. Absolutely. And so really giving them a voice and really providing opportunities. So that is something to look for in the future, uh, in the near future, really, to um, really elevate uh, nursing research. But um, so in speaking about uh, one of the ways to elevate research is the NAN Research Summit that is sponsored by Mead Johnson. Um, they are, they provide this opportunity for a bunch of neonatal nurses, whether they're whatever level, uh, degree, or position they have, but they're all neonatal nurses, um, and they share their project, their scholarship project, whether it's a QI, an EBP, or a research project, 
they present their information in front of um, a room full of peers. And it's not a big, you know, 25 people, but a room full of peers. And it's so amazing the energy um, that is infused in there because these are our people, right? So when you're talking about uh, a complication of prematurity, you don't have to explain it like we all in the room, we get it. And so the the discussions that come and then just for a lot of the presenters, they've never had the opportunity to present before. And so it's a great opportunity to present their work. Um, But it's also a fantastic networking opportunity. Mm -hmm. So Meet Johnson pays for everyone to fly to Arizona and stay a couple nights and they feed us delicious food. And we really, it sounds kind of boring to listen to presentations all day, but everyone's presentations are so interesting and different. Mm-hmm. And, um, but of, and of course, yeah. Oh yeah. They're um, about 10, 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do have to say that there's this thing called COVID. <laughs> <laughs> and we dislike it a lot. <laughs> And so that interrupted the 2020 15 year anniversary of the summit. Uh, So we are excited to discuss the details of the new virtual summit that's coming um, next week, actually. Yeah, coming fast. 15 years. Can you believe that it has been going on that long? I can really attest to how amazing the summit is. I was lucky enough to attend a couple years ago with a QI project that I did. And I was one of the very few staff nurses that, you know, wasn't in a PhD program at the time. And I I felt immediately intimidated. But once I started speaking and telling people about my work, everybody was so supportive and empowering. And I just left feeling confident in what I did and just wanted to let you know continue on and and work at it more and I think sometimes it just takes one nurse in each unit to get that spark and then it just spreads and and when they see what difference that can make out of your QI project or your evidence-based practice project and initiative they're like oh that works like I want to do that and I want to see change and I and I think that that's what you need is just if you can instill that spark in a few people and every unit and hopefully this podcast will um you know we can and really make a lot of changes and improve outcomes because that's what we're all here for right to to exactly. improve Absolutely. outcomes for patients and our families so i please go to the summit you know don't be scared it's um you'll find your peers and your your tribe there that are really going to help mentor you and, and move you forward. And we increase that mentorship as Tiffany was um, talking about in the networking. Yeah. So some of the changes that are happening in 2020, besides the fact that it's a virtual platform this year. So Medif looked at previous um Uh, participants in the summit and to look at the pros and cons and really what they got out of it and maybe some improvements that we can have our own little QI project. Yes. And we found that um, the empowerment that the the nurses had and the excitement um, and that they, there was a a need for more mentorship for a lot of these, these nurses, like they, they just really wanted more. And even um, so we do have the opportunity, a couple of editors from Advances in Neonatal Care come and discuss writing um, their abstract into a full manuscript, which is really intimidating. 
Um, so what we have done this year is instead of one keynote speaker, we're having four, we call them mentors. And uh, all the participants will be broken up into groups, into one of the four groups. And that way they can have small group discussions about their topic. So like, for example, there's a feeding group and they can have small small group discussions and maybe together they can write a paper or maybe together they can do a multi-site uh, small research project. Um, but the mentor then would be there to facilitate and to kind of keep this momentum going even after the summit. So we're really excited about these changes. Um, again, the, the networking is huge, but you know, when you get into an even smaller group, you kind of hold each other accountable and then it doesn't seem quite as intimidating. And, and if you're interested in something similar, then, um, I mean, we're just hoping that, that there will be collaborations left and right. right. And, um, the, the other thing that we really want to see with this summit, uh, changes is that Nan would be the leader of the DMP PhD, um, collaborative, uh, scholarship projects, just really be the leader in that relationship. As it's up and coming um, throughout nursing right now and challenging environment as we're finding with this pandemic. I mean, there's a lot to be learned and a lot to be collaborating on. And I think that one-on-one, -on -one, um, more personal piece is going to be really, really um, helpful. And even better once we're able to be in person again. Um, I, I mean, your experience, Jill, I'm sure you could attest to maybe seeing that that being a huge um, takeaway. Definitely. Definitely. Just that, you know, to have the ability to have those support systems and another people that you can network with. And, you know, you do meet people with the same interests and, and they help you out and they tell you what worked there, what didn't work for them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you, you, it's a really good collaboration there at the summit. Like I remember one of the presenters last year, she had a lot, I can't remember what the exact focus was, but it was resuscitation um, and very um, respiratory focused. And so my feedback was, have you talked to product people about this? This is something you could develop into an invention that you can call your own or help develop to, to improve the care that we're giving. And um, it was something she hadn't thought about. Um, and so we hope to touch that in future discussions and also at the summit probably next week. Um, but there's so much out there to do besides just present at this one summit, you know, you take that work from the summit, apply for a small grant, blow it up even bigger, um, and really, really change the outcomes of our babies. So now that you got us all excited about the summit, do you think you could tell us about next year's summit? Do you have plans for it, a date, or how people can go about inquiring about maybe joining the summit next year? Yes. Uh, the summit dates are March 16th to the 18th, 2021. And depending on the pandemic situation, 
it will either be virtual again or we will have live. There may be an opportunity for a hybrid approach. You know, it just all depends. Again, it's a small group of people, so we might have more flexibility with meeting in person. But those will be the dates. Um, abstracts will be uh, open soon. And so uh, and they usually close uh, end of November. So please do check the NAN website for exact dates because I don't have the exact dates. Um, and again, with this whole pandemic situation, things have kind of uh, are, are kind of fluid. So, again, um, we we may um, lengthen the time that the abstracts are open until December because I think we're opening them a little bit late now. But expect Madif to be on the stage. Um, yes. And that will be exciting. And it sounds like that's right in the middle of St. Patrick's Day. So there may or may not be lots of fun activities around green. Mm -hmm. it, it will be a fun time, yet professional. Um, so I encourage all of our listeners to go to the NAN website, look for the research summit if you have to search it in the little search bar and see that wonderful page that has been chucked full of information about the summit and some of the past participants and um, things like that to get you really jazzed up. Um, I'd like to see a lot of people at our summit next year. And just so you know, kind of the way that um, you go about is uh, participating is you submit your abstract and then the nursing research committee. So your peers uh, we we score all of the abstracts and then we discuss all of the abstracts. And so it really is a peer reviewed process and looking at, um, you know, uh, high impact uh, studies, but they don't, all don't have to be research. Again, they can be a QI or ABP. So one more thought is that please don't be intimidated by the fact that these are peer reviewed Um if you need any assistance or you want somebody to look through your abstract, I know Medea or myself are more than happy to kind of walk you through an abstract. Um, there's also resources on the NAN website. You get to hear uh, me present on how to write and how to present an abstract. So please use those resources. But do not hesitate to reach out to one of us because we want you all to be successful. So uh, put your best foot forward and uh, good luck. And in addition to that, I want to invite everyone to join us at the 2020 Virtual NAN Annual Conference. It is October 21st through the 23rd, um, and it will be on demand through March 1st. So you can access it all the way up until March 1st, 2021. So please visit our Research Summit website, the research website on NAN.org, and plan to attend our NAN conference in October this year. And usually two of our uh, summit presenters uh, do present as an encore presentation at the annual conference. That's right. So everybody will get a taste of what um, you guys discuss in the summit. Absolutely. Exactly. Thank you guys so much for joining us today and all of the work that you are doing to elevate nursing research in your units amongst NAN and the NICU community. We can't thank you enough. Um, I hope that everybody is inspired by you and feel empowered to bring upon change and ask those questions because all it does is start with one question. 
So thank you guys. For Absolutely. Coming. Thanks so much. Thanks for having us. No problem. Well, thank you, Joe. Thank you. There is so much to cover within the realm of research, and the conversation can't end here. To keep the discussion going, Nan is excited to create a special NANCAST miniseries solely dedicated to the topic of nursing research. The miniseries, kicking off in December 2020, will be your guide to all things research. Medea and Tiffany will be back for the miniseries to highlight fellow nurse scientists, raise awareness for research currently being conducted by nurses, and support NICU nurses as they embark on their own research journey. We are excited to bring you even more NANCAST. Subscribe to NANCAST wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss out. Thanks for your support and letting us into your ears. Have a great day. <music>